I am Debbie Mann, and this is Keep Your Pecker Up podcast. I have Linda Kuska with me, who is a breast cancer survivor and a dragon boater and so much more from London, Ontario. So Linda, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I'm actually from West Lauren, Ontario, but I oh. drag, I dragon boat and work out of London, Ontario. Oh, okay. How far is West Lauren from... West Lauren is about um, 60 kilometers uh, southwest of London. So in between London and Chatham, Ontario. And I live right on Lake Erie. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm looking out my window here and I see Lake Erie. Oh, <laughs> man, that just put me in a bad mood. But in the winter, that <laughs> might not be such a great thing. <laughs> always pretty. Yeah, it's always pretty. <laughs> yeah. We're here just to talk about your experience through breast cancer how long ago was it that you discovered it and how did you discover your breast cancer almost 22 years ago okay and the reason so I discovered it I discovered a lump and only because I was going for a physical with my family doctor and my family doctor always always asked me if I did self breast examination and of course I didn't but I did it like the night before I was going for my physical because I said I would and so I found a lump and it wasn't, you know, I, I, I'm a very healthy person. I didn't really think much of it. And it was about a pea size. It wasn't very big. And so she, I had my physical and I mentioned it to her and she's very, very thorough. So I had some tests done and it came back as kind of inconclusive. So she sent me to a surgeon and the surgeon was going to be a year before I could get in and see him. So she didn't like that answer. So she sent me to another surgeon who was just starting and I got in within a few weeks and the surgeon didn't really think much about it either, but she goes, well, we can take it out or we can watch. And I said, ah, why don't we just take it out? You know, being a nurse and surgery is not a huge deal. And this was just something little. So they took it out and it happened to be cancerous. So I was very, very very lucky that it was caught very early. I was only 35 years old and it was really a blessing and really, you know, just something I found it myself. My family doctor was persistent. I had a great surgeon who talked about it and listened to and did everything together. And, you know, it all just really worked out. So I have to say, being a nurse, you know, you always hear patients say that when the doctor's talking to them, they don't hear a word they said. And I never thought I'd be one of those people because, you know, I'm a nurse for God's sakes. So I remember it was a two-page pathology report. And as soon as she said that it was cancerous, I didn't hear a sec. I didn't hear another word she said. And I even signed a consent. I had to have a second surgery and I signed the consent for the second surgery. I didn't even know what I signed. And I told my husband not even to come with me because I thought, ah, it's nothing. You know, I can handle this myself. And I remember crying all the way home. And thinking, you know, my kids were just little, they were just six and nine, and, and I wanted to see them grow up. So I, I phoned my surgeon the next day again, and I said, you know, can you just tell me everything you said? Because I really didn't hear anything you told me. <laughs> so she, was, she was very patient with me, and uh, she went over the whole thing again. I had my second surgery, you know, within the next week or so, and those margins came back clear. And then I went for treatment. I was fortunate enough that it was caught so early uh, that I just had to have five weeks of radiation. I didn't have to have any chemotherapy. So I'm one of the fortunate ones that 22 years later, I'm, I'm here and it's been quite the journey. And, you know, I have to say my, my kids were little 
when I was diagnosed and they were just amazing through the entire thing and going for radiation every single day. And, you know, I would still go to soccer practice in the evening and go to work and, but, you know, life just went on and it was just, it was just, when you have kids, you just, you just keep going. So at 35, that's pretty young. Yes. How, did you know, being a nurse, you may have known this, but did you know anybody who had breast cancer at such a young age? Uh, personally, no, at that point. Since then, yes, because of, of what I do now. But, but back then, no, I didn't know anybody that, that young. And, you know, you hear that word cancer and you have little kids and you always think the worst, right? You know, it doesn't have to be the worst. And 22 years later, I can say that it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. And I, I remember I worked at, I work at Victoria Hospital and I, 36 year nursing career, I've worked with amazing people and amazing physicians and I can consider them all my friends. And it was funny, you know, when I was going through my treatments and I still worked, uh, I went for radiation every day and I worked part-time back then because the kids were little and I worked and it was funny, the people around me didn't know what to say to me. And they didn't know how to, what to talk about. They didn't know whether if they should talk about it. And I remember one of my physicians, uh, I worked in the cardiac care unit back then. And one of my physicians was going to Russia on a medical mission. And I told him I had breast cancer just before he was leaving on this mission. And he came back and he brought me this little gift. And he says, you know what, Linda, I thought of you every single day while I was away. And I just want you to be healthy. <laughs> and I thought, well, that was so nice. And unfortunately, his wife, passed away a few years after that of colon cancer. Oh. And I thought, oh, you know, he was such a nice, nice man. And it was just so awesome that he was thinking of me when as a healthcare provider, you think of everybody else. You don't think of yourself first. You always think of everybody else first. Talking about his wife, cancer doesn't care who you are. No. That's one of the things I learned is many years ago, you know, I helped to raise money for Princess Margaret Hospital, that 60 kilometer walk that they they used to do I don't know if they still do it or not and people yelling at me if you ate healthy and I'm thinking oh, I don't I don't know the science behind it yeah. and since this journey I have met so many people who don't smoke don't drink they they're living a really good healthy life I wasn't but <laughs> and it, cancer doesn't care it no, really doesn't but, you know prevention is key and early detection is is key you, you can do everything right and it's still at the end of the day you never know what your cards are going to be dealt but you make the you, be, you make the best out of the life you're given so true so 22 years later you said you had an interesting life and now everything is focused around dragon boating <laughs> so why don't you talk a little bit i mean did you change your career at all because no, of cancer no okay no, i've always right. been a registered nurse I, i've wanted to be a registered nurse since i was 11 years old so this is it's my other passion that i absolutely love and you know it's nice to find a career that you actually love and i love it You're um i am a blessed person honestly but dragon boating so i was just finishing my treatments and i was coming off a night shift and i was reading the london free press and and Dr. Annette Richard, who's a family physician in London, she had read this article, I think she was in the Vancouver airport, and she read a, like McLean's article about the Vancouver breast cancer team, the a breast in a boat, and Dr. Don McKenzie, who had started the team out there, and it was a fairly new team, and, and they were featured in this magazine article. So Annette came back to London, and, and she thought, well, she's got lots of patients who are breast cancer survivors, and London's big enough that she should start a breast cancer dragon boat team. So she put a 
like an article in the London Free Press calling for any breast cancer survivor that wanted to learn more about dragon boating for breast cancer survivors. I was just coming off of nights and I read the paper before I was going to bed and I thought, well, I hadn't really thought of myself as a breast cancer survivor. I was just finishing my treatment, but I thought, well, I guess I am now. I guess I should. I, I had no idea what I was calling about, but I thought I should investigate this. So, so I called and I wanted to be part of it. We all met as a group. There was 50 of us, 50 breast cancer survivors that met it with Annette and the Chinese Association in London. And wow. none of us, yeah, none of us knew what dragon boating was. I hadn't a clue what it was. I'd never, I've never heard of it before. And so they showed a video about what it was. And I was always a, an active person. And I thought, well, that sounds like a lot of fun. So 25 of us stuck around and we became the robust team. So I've wow. been on robust since the very beginning. Holy cow. Yeah. And it was, uh, there's still three of us on the team from the very beginning from 21 years ago. Oh, no, there's two of us that are active paddlers and one, one is not an active paddler anymore. But yeah, there was 25 of us that stuck around and became the, the robust team. And here we are all these years later, still going. So you have seen the evolution of the sport then, especially yeah. here in Ontario. Were you one of the first teams in Ontario? Uh, Toronto was ahead of us and I'm not sure if Hamilton was, Hamilton and us were right around the same. They might be a year older than us, maybe, but between Vancouver was first, Toronto, Vancouver, London, we were all kind of around that same era. And how many team members do you have today? We're, we're fairly large. It's, it fluctuates from year to year, but, um, I think we're, we usually range between 60 and 70 members. Holy cow. Yeah, so we have um, four boats that we train out of. Now, this year has been a little bit different. We haven't been on the water for over a year. It's a great team. You know, it's a, to be into dragon boating, you want to be active, right? You have to be, have that mindset that you want to be physically fit and you want to be active. There's lots and lots of breast cancer support systems out there. And there, you know, you can kind of pick and choose what you want to uh, get yourself into. But for dragon boating, you have to want to be on the water and you have to want to be a little bit physically active. So it just fit in great for what I like because I, I like being active. I like being fit. It was funny, you know, years and years ago when we first started the team, we used to practice on the Thames River and uh, down at the canoe club. And my husband would bring, my boys were just small. They were just six and nine. And my husband would bring the boys in from West Lorne into London. They'd have supper on the picnic table, watch us practice. And, you know, my, and my kids are now 27 and 30. So they grew up with these women and they grew up with these strong women role models. And they grew up with uh, being active and fit and having a healthy lifestyle. And uh, they are such amazing young men. I'm just so proud of what they've done, what they've accomplished and how they live their life. And I have to say, my husband and I have done some of the work, obviously, but it's been, it's been because they've been around such strong people all their lives and traveled all over the place with these women and have carried their luggage and carried their paddles and carried their life jackets and opened doors for them. And, you know, it's just it's been a great experience for them how remarkable that they got to experience that and embraced it too mm -hmm. and i and just having 25 aunties around all the time can, can't get away with anything you can't <laughs> not a thing you can't no and and uh it's funny my youngest son is getting married next summer and so he had he they know what days mom is not available 
because I've, I have my training days and that's been the same for 22 years. So they know that Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday, my, my mom is, is busy. So, so uh, they always ask, what's a good day for me? And they'll schedule it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yes. And how many regattas have you been like world regattas? Oh gosh. Been on? All over. We've been all over the world, really. So we've been all over Ontario. Uh, we've been to the East Coast. We've been to Halifax and Dartmouth. That was a really fun regatta. We've been to Vancouver. And then we've been to down to Florida a couple of times and Vermont. And, and, then, and then all the international travel. So Robust is kind of a different team. So we're a large enough team that we can have different levels of paddling and but we are one team so we all train together whether you just want to come into the boat and paddle and be with like-minded people and stay physically fit or whether you want to train very very hard and go to like a world level or something a little bit more competitive our team kind of offers all of it which has been so great and you know to have that open mind that you can do whatever you feel like you need to do and be satisfied with, you're allowed to do. So our team has been fortunate enough that we've gone to some pretty competitive festivals and to the club crew world championships, to the uh, Canadian national championships, the Canadian national championships. We've, we bugged Dragon Boat Canada enough um, over the years that, so I'll, I'll just start at the beginning actually. So yeah. Dragon Boat Canada has had national championships for dragon boaters for years and years and years but breast cancer survivor division was never a division of it so in 2000 starting in 2008 or 2009 robust always likes to push the envelope a little bit so we asked dragon boat canada why there isn't a division for the breast cancer uh, division because we work out a lot and we train a lot and we wanted to be recognized by our uh, regulating body so Chloe from Dragon Boat Canada thought the same things like, why don't we have a Dragon Boat? Why don't we have a breast cancer division in the Canadian National Championship? So in 2010 was the very first one. Wow. And it was in Whistler, British Columbia. And Robust was the only team there. But we had two crews. <laughs> and um, so Robust won. <laughs> but that was the very first one, 2010 in Whistler. And that was kind of the start of some of our more competitive journey. Over the years, we did a few years of just doing the Canadian National Championships and kind of going all over Canada for all of those. So then we thought, well, why can't we compete in an international, like in a world championship? We are recognized in our country, but there's these races called Club Crew World Championships. So clubs can go and race at a world level. So it's very competitive. And it happens every other year. It's at places all over the world. Same thing. They had all kinds of divisions that have been going on for years, but never a breast cancer survivor division. So, you know, you know, we have to ask that question. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why is there not a breast cancer division? And that one took a little bit more work. And that one took a little bit more convincing. But we got there. And then in 2014, and I think they only let us have it because we were bugging so much. And they just wanted to say, you know, okay, do it. We'll prove that you're, you know, you're not going to get the teams there and, you know, be done with you, right? But 
We uh, went to the, the very first one that they allowed the breast cancer division at, and that was 2014 in Ravenna, uh, Italy. And there was so many breast cancer teams there. I think we had 14 breast cancer teams from eight different countries, nine different countries. Wow. And so you train, but you've never raced against most of these teams. There was a few teams from Canada that we've raced against before, but most of the teams we'd never competed against. So you go to these championship races and you haven't a clue how you're going to do and, and compared to any other breast cancer team. So we had a whole stand full of Canadian fans in the stands and uh, there was Canadian flags being flown everywhere. And when you were on the start line, it was just the most amazing, most amazing feeling being on the start line. You could see the stands off to my left. I could see them in my periphery. I could see the Canadian flags. And it was such a, it was such an awesome experience because uh, they would, would award the medals after each division. So, and they were just off to the left in front of the stands as well. And the music that they played when they did the award ceremonies was uh, We Are the Champion by Queen. So I remember being at the start line and you're focused, you know, you're just focused down that start, that race course, you're waiting for that gun to go, you're keeping your breathing steady. You can hear people in the background kind of, and you can hear the We Are the Champion music being played off to the background. I thought, oh my God, I can't even believe I'm here. And, and then you just fly down that race course and it was just the most amazing experience I have ever had in my entire life. It was so cool. So we ended up winning that. Oh um, I know it was I remember crossing the finish line and then you had to turn to get the boats back and our coaches being at the end watching at us. And oh my God, it was, the looks on their faces was just, you know, you, you, you made your parents proud, you know, and you, you've done it, you've done all this work and, and it was just, it just gives me goosebumps even still now. It was just wow. so awesome. So that was the first one. And then two years later, we went to, in 2016, we went to um, Adelaide, Australia and competed in that one. That one was a little bit more challenging because it was in March, April, which is their summer, but our winter. So we hadn't, we trained on the water until Christmas time, but then we were off of the water and we hadn't gotten back on the water until we went to Australia. So that one was a little bit, that was a little harder work to get that one. And then in 2018, we were in Hungary. Did you win that one? Where did you we, place in we that did, one? We did win. Um, so we, so there's three categories. There's a, a 200 meter, a 500 meter race and a 2K race. So the 2K race, we actually came, we didn't win that one, but the other two, the 500 and the 200, we actually won. So that made us the champions again, winning those two. Wow. So we did that. And then in 2018, we were in uh, Seged, Hungary. We won that one again. Oh gosh, Linda. And then in 2020, we were supposed to have been in um, France, in the, in the uh, France Alps, but obviously that got canceled. So we didn't go there. And that one was promising to be probably the largest one for the breast cancer division ever. So really? I was, I was so disappointed that we didn't get to go there, but hopefully, hopefully again someday, but it was amazing, but you know, it's amazing that our team, you know, we can go to places like Dartmouth, Nova Scotia and be with a whole bunch of breast cancer survivors and 
just have an awesome time or we can go to these big international events and compete competitively and we can go to there. So that's what I absolutely love about our team that you can do whatever your heart feels like it, it needs and not have to go someplace else. So that that's what I love. That's what I love about our team. And then well, we've got the, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say my first international competition was Italy a couple of years ago. Yes. And you're right. I remember walking in the parade and yeah. that was the first time that I really recognized that I was a breast cancer survivor and that yeah. I belonged. This was my tribe. Yes. You know, and it was quite emotional and quite moving. The first one that we went to as a team was um, in Peterborough. What year was that? 2010, maybe? Remember, I think it might've been 10. Yeah, I think it was 10. 2010 was Peterborough. And that was the same thing, like this little you know, not a very big place. And it has breast cancer survivors from all over the world. And it was just crazy to think that you were, you were competing against, or you were, you were with that many survivors and the parade in downtown Peterborough, like the whole community had embraced it. It was so cool. And then the next one we went to was in Sarasota, Florida. That one, that one was, they have a beautiful body of water there to, to be on. And it was absolutely gorgeous there too. And then Italy, and then hopefully in 2022, we get to go to New Zealand. Oh, hopefully. I'm hoping. So you are, so talking about New Zealand. Yeah, you are now one of the new board members on the internet. So the International Breast Cancer Survivor Paddling Club, correct? Paddling Commission. Commission. Yeah. I'm friends with Mary Gibson. And who's Mary Gibson for the list? Mary Gibson is the current president of okay. the IBCPC, mm-hmm. uh, your acronym. And, you know, we chat regularly. And I've always, I'm one that if I think something, then I have to say it. And If I think something is not right, then I have to say it nicely, of course, but I've always been very active in the breast cancer paddling era and the, and what we do and always trying to kind of push the envelope a little bit and always trying to improve on things, always trying to be a little bit more efficient at things. And that's kind of just my personality. And I, I have a hard time saying no, and I have a, I like being involved in a lot of different things. So I like being busy. So you know, the, uh, I've known about the paddling commission for a long time and I've been around breast cancer dragon boating for a long time. I've seen a lot of things. I've experienced lots of things, good and bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen growth, growth sometimes can sometimes be not so good. And sometimes it can be good. You know, I like thinking outside of the box. I like figuring out how to make things work. And I've always get kind of given my opinion. If I think something then I will, I will, give my opinion to something. So Mary and I actually think quite a lot alike. And um, so we've, we've chatted over the years, we've chatted at different competitions. And so when, when I saw that they were needing some more directors on the commission, I thought, well, what the heck, I'll give it a try and, and apply and see if my ideas can help or the positive attitude can help or bringing people together and thinking outside the box. I, um, I applied and I had an interview and I got it. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing though. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. It's been an interesting year, you know, not okay. being on the water for oh. an entire year now and just trying to keep your team together and motivated and keep the, your activity going. And 
So that's that's been a challenge for a lot of teams. And I know for our team, we're doing, we still working out three days a week, but during we do Zoom together with our coaches. And so we're still quite fit and still doing a lot of stuff, but you know, it's not the same as being in a boat. No, and, it's really not. And, no, and it's not the same as using those same muscles. And I don't even know if we're going to be on the water next summer or not. So we'll have to see how it all plays out, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, being on a dragon boat, having had cancer, what is your, hmm, what, what message would you like to share? I, is- well, I'm a, I'm a very positive person. I love staying fit and I love motivating people. And I, I'm the team captain of Robust as well, too. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. Nope. <laughs> but I love uh, just the energy you get from being around all these women. And I love that you can be healthier after the diagnosis of breast cancer than before. I'm probably healthier in my late fifties than I was in my thirties. So, you know, I just think it's, you have to embrace whatever life throws at you. So if, if this is what's been thrown at you, then deal with it and um, listen to your, your doctors and your surgeons and, and your cancer doctors and do whatever you need to do in order to uh, live your life. And whatever that is, whether it's dragon boating or whether it's skiing or whatever, whatever it is, you just want to have the best life that you can have with whatever time we've got. Thank you so much for doing this with me. You are the epitome of keep your pecker up, let me tell you. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And this is Debbie Mann with Keep Your Pecker Up Podcast.